Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 42 of the Centre Circle podcast. Uh, today, you've got myself and Keith. How you doing? Bad fella. You all right? Yeah, not bad, not bad. I hope everyone had a good Christmas. Uh, eating plenty, drank plenty, and getting getting ready to to get back to the real world uh, next week. Um, as always, the football didn't stop. So, uh, quite a few games for us to talk through. Uh, a few spanners in the works, especially if you uh, support, <laughs> you support you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Uh, and one or two interesting tidbits on the side. Um, Terrell may join us at some point. Uh, we'll see if he gets to grips with the internet today. So, yeah, where should we start? Where should we start? Um, you know what? I think we should start with Newcastle Forest. Because there's a little debate raging, Keith, about, you know, should Eddie Howe be worried? Um, their their run of form at the moment isn't great. And I think the added bit to that is who they've lost to, right? Yeah. Some of these results haven't been fantastic. Do, do you think, uh, it's a bit like the Pochettino question I asked in the last podcast, do you think uh, Mr Howe's got anything to worry about? No, I shouldn't think so. And it, I think the pressure is more coming from entitled fans like we said that before like if you go back to last season there's no way that Newcastle should have qualified for the Champions League in Eddie Howe's first full season mm. as, a, as a manager and even if you go back to his signings like last season he didn't make any kind of standout signings to say yeah Newcastle were going to be challenging I thought they would have kind of been in that kind of eighth to fifth bracket maybe mm. yeah yeah definitely not having the season that they're, they're having or that they did have. And I think now it's just where they where they should have been for like last season and, and this year. I think they probably had like a two or three year plan to get in the Champions League and then maybe kick on from there. Kind of like when Man City had their like big takeover all those years ago. So I could understand why there's pressure on him because of how well he done yesterday, sorry, last season and you become a bit of a victim of your own success. But yeah, I, I I wouldn't put him under any pressure. But you know what football's like, anything can happen. Yeah, but I think my my thing is, you know, expectations can move, right? So I understand everyone's been saying, well, they're, they're ahead of schedule. Um, it's done very well. But after the season you've had last year and the level of investment, etc., I don't think it's as simple as saying, oh, you're ahead of schedule, so it's all right. I think, I think... You're as good as you're only as good as your last game, you know. To to use the the old proverb, so you know, with a season like last year, you know, if he just missed out on Champions League, maybe he gets a a bit of a pass. But how they miss out and who they're losing to and uh, and the manner of those defeats, I think is something that would be looked at. Do you know? Um, and being ahead of schedule is one thing, but you've almost set the new schedule, now, haven't you? So I, that's why I had one look at it and thought, hmm, if he's not careful, you don't want the ownership thinking that if they don't do something, they're going to get a bit of a regression here or the timeline that they brought forward might now move back to where it was because there's too much money involved, right? There's too much at stake. Yeah, but um, granted, they've only won, I think it's one out of the last five. Yeah. But they're only six, seven points off fourth, fourth or fifth. Yeah, yeah. So, and and every team has a bit of a blip. Um, and a team like Newcastle, their their blip won't be like the blip that Arsenal or Liverpool or Man City might have. 
Mm. Um, and if they come out of this blip in January and they win three games on the spin, <laughs> then they're back in contention. Like that's yeah. how the league is at, at the minute. Yeah. So halfway they get the season, based on last year, they might say, right, we don't want to be um, eight or ninth in the league. But I don't think it's all doom and gloom. Like nothing's determined in December, January, is it? If they're in this position, pushing end of March, April, then you can yeah. be like, right, let's kind of have a conversation about has Eddie Howe spent the money wisely? Obviously, he brought Tanali and what happened with that? Like he he couldn't foresee that. That's just one of those things that happen. Yeah, that that's upstairs, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at his other signings, Livermento, again, more one for the future, but he has played really well. Hall from Chelsea, again, you would say more for the future. Um, who else did they sign? In the summer. I think, well, yeah, that might have been... Gordon, that was it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Gordon as well. I don't know, they, they, they signed... Oh, that was a January. Yeah, yeah, that was that January. Was January, so he's been there nearly yeah. a year. Yeah, so, that's true. This felt like he didn't play for a long time. Harvey Barnes as well, but he's injured. So yeah. yeah, fair. There's a few bits and bobs. I think I do think you're right. I think there's a there's a there's perspective. And right now the league is very accommodating because, you know, these slip ups are they slip ups? Is it just a strength of the league, right? Because a slip up indicates that it's a game you should have won. You shouldn't be losing those points. But but actually, um, the standard of the league is such now. Aston Villa are what third. Um, West Ham are doing are doing well. They they were sixth as of last night. So, so actually, the league at the moment is accommodating for these slip ups, and um, the less less people are being consistent. So, if I remember correctly, Liverpool have only lost one game now so far in the That's league. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, if you guys kind of limit those losses. Then that's that's what's going to enable you to to sort of pull away. Man City have had a, their losses and draws. Arsenal have now had uh, have now lost again. So so yeah, you're right. I think I think he's not lucky, but if they take a holistic approach, they, you could actually just say, well, every, the standard is such. Everyone he's beating everyone. We're not expecting you to be losing to these teams at home. Yeah. So that's still a convoy yeah. to be had. But yeah, you're right. He'll point to injuries. He'll point to availability. But he had Wilson back. He had Isak back. You know, so yeah, I think mm. it's not not enough for us were on job. Like yeah, yeah. Newcastle. That's the other side, right? Yeah. You got to talk about how good Forest were. Yeah, yeah. Newcastle started well. They got the penalty. Isak puts it away very confidently, and you just mm. think not the first might struggle to get back in this game. But you could see they they were willing to play on the counter, like the first one with Alanga, where he shot instead of passing mm. to Wood. Mm. And then the second counter they had just after that, where uh, Gibbs White played it through to Alanga. I thought he he played it a bit too heavy, but then as um, Terrell said, maybe he played it that heavy so Alanga didn't have to think about what he could do. He only had one mm. option, and yeah. that was to pass it back to, to yeah. Wood. Yeah. He scored, and then Wood the 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 two finishes for his second and third. I just I want to know who that was. Locker. Yeah. Who, who is that? Who is that? Is that that's what? Who is that? Is that Chris Wood's twin? Uh, I know this is went to Chris Wood, but I've not seen that. Have no, you? I, but I don't think Newcastle seen it, and he played there for like a year or so. <laughs> so like, I think they might be surprised. We say even his teammates are like, oh, we never saw that in training. Yeah, like, like, well, let's get it. But I would say yeah. if the the second goal, if it's anyone other than Dan Byrne jockeying him, I think he might mm. not score that. 
Like yeah. someone with a little bit more agility, in defending, yeah. yeah, a bit of agility, yeah. But yeah, the, the, the second and third goals are really good finishes, man. But the chop, the way he chopped him, and they clipped it for. I said, "What? What is going on there?" Yeah. So yeah, but but again, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, a bit of influence. But you go to your old team. The revolution came. He dropped me out. You know, uh, it, he had added motivation. Didn't he? You know, he had added motivation. I think Nuno's played on that, uh, and and I love seeing that stuff, man. I love seeing the player go back to OT and adopt him out, and he just he just turns up. But do it again. That's my thing. Yeah, that is my yeah. thing. Yeah. He's here. Wait, wait. He made it through the jungle of the internet. Yeah. As again. What's happening? Not bad, not bad. Me, I need half an hour to an hour to set up everything. <laughs> <laughs> yes, to do things that uh, in 2023 we've been doing for some time. No worries, no worries, no worries. Anyway, now that now you're here, we just uh, we just finished off the Newcastle uh, and Forest game. We're gonna move on to Brighton Spurs, um, which is Brighton four, Spurs two. A result that I don't think many of us saw coming. Well, I, I, I didn't personally. I thought Brighton might win. Uh, I didn't expect it to be uh, 4-0 at one point. Um, and I'm sure De Zerbi is livid with those last two goals, to be honest. Um, T, did you see this game? Yeah, I caught, I caught some of the game and then obviously I switched over to Arsenal. But um caught the highlights as well. I don't think... I think... Because Brighton have been a bit that yeah. it's a bit that we didn't think this was gonna happen, but it's still got a good team. Still, you know, Deserby's there. He's doing his thing. They was at home. Tottenham still with four fullbacks in 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 the back line. So <laughs> mental. Yeah, injuries is killing them, man. I don't think it was that that far fetched to say yeah they could get something out of that game four two yeah, but maybe not but that. Two the, but, yeah. two of the goals are ill discipline. Give away two penalties. You know, that's got nothing to do with the full, like, you know, Kulazewski's uh, penalty was, I don't know what he's doing. He's, it was almost like laziness. They couldn't be bothered. Yeah, for those like, who haven't seen it, he's literally, he literally just stands there and pulls down his Welbeck shirt so hard that he didn't have to do much to fall over. He made it easy for Welbeck to, to fall backwards. He's not challenging him. He's literally standing there just pulling his shirt. It's ridiculous. Definitely laziness. Definitely. He is, isn't it? Yeah. Like he switched off, isn't it? Yeah. And then, and then the 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 second pen is a little bit schoolboy. He just sticks his leg out, chips up the player. It's just, I don't know. I think I think you take away those two goals, and then yeah, one's a screamer, a stupian. Um, yeah, I, I was gonna put him in my fantasy team as well. I thought, nah, it's your first game back. You know, you just come back. So you you, you don't um, you don't stop those. Uh, you know. Uh, Big Ange might might have said someone should be closing him down a lot quicker. Um, so yeah, there's probably for me two of very very avoidable goals, and then you look at it two two. And I, I know football doesn't work like that. It's not that that subtractive, but do you know what I mean? Everyone's going to talk about the injuries and stuff first. When you actually look at the goals, um, there's two very avoidable goals there. Like it's a discipline thing there. Yeah, very much so. And even just on the the four fullback starting. I know we said like Eric Dyer is not the best player centre back, but why not? Why not just play a a dedicated centre back 
who's someone who knows the role well, who could potentially lead the line. Even if I know he likes to play a high line, even if you drop off like five yards, just so you save Eric Dyer being in a foot race with someone like Pedro. Um, I'm sure he can keep up with Welbeck because Welbeck's kind of kicking on a bit now. Mm. Just like, just have a bit of control in the line, innit? Like it just, it was, it was very, very weird to me. And even the first goal, like the ball gets passed along the line really easily for Hitchwood to um, slap it in the net. And again, he's like another young player mm. who uh, Brighton are not afraid to put on the pitch and play, like 18 years old. Yeah, yeah, he was free at the back post. Yeah, yeah. But the, the way he controlled it and slapped it, yeah, he, he said, listen, I'm scoring, yeah? Yeah. That goal bonus is coming in tonight. <laughs> yes. Um, Look, we talked about, I said it at the beginning of the season, I didn't think Spurs were were definitely weren't going to be the title challenge. And I actually thought it was going to be a little bit tough for them to to maintain a Champions League challenge because I just didn't think they had enough depth in their squad. They didn't have enough players to to do that. And, you know, Andrew's going to need some time to to get enough of his type of player in. Um, are we seeing a little bit of that, of that now? Are we seeing the, in the normal injuries and all that stuff kind of washing through? Yeah, I just don't think their squad is, is good enough. Like we've mentioned it before, first 11, they could go to toe-to-toe with most teams in the Premier League. Don't think mm. there's a doubt about that. But if they if they don't back Ange in the um, January transfer window, I'd be very surprised. I think they've got to go for at least two centre-backs and two centre-backs who are competent players who, on who, the ball. Who, who has he signed? Who did he Madison. sign? Madison, Johnson. I'm Madison out because everyone knew about Madison, innit? Yeah. yeah. So Johnson, Brennan Johnson, yeah. Van der Ven. Yeah, Vicario. And he's essentially kept Udogi because Udogi was, was brought last year, mm. sent on loan back to Atlanta, Atlanta. But he's kept him back and, and played him. I think the, the goalkeeper and the centre-back signing alone, they should back him. Oh yeah, no, I think yeah. they need I think to back him and back him kind of heavy because he definitely knows what he's doing. If yeah, he the gets ID there, isn't it? Yeah, if he if he gets another three players in or something the same sort of caliber, that's what he's already signed. Tottenham could be serious, serious contenders for that top four anyway. And is it too simplistic to say, you know, you guys, you guys are doing one game a week, man? What's the problem? You ain't got no Europe. You know, what's, what's it going to be like once you get frozen of Europe? Is, are you just going to crumble like this? So all the other the other teams you're, you're kind of running against, they've got Champions League, they've got, you know, Europa League, they've got UEFA Conference. They, they're playing If they have European week. football this season, they'll be in trouble. Oh, yeah, yeah massively. Yeah. I think you've got to take the, the free hit of not having European football. Uh, I think, like, in Klopp's second season, we had no European football and we kind of struggled. I think we didn't, like, qualify for the Champions League until, like, last game of the season, I think it was. Mm. And, yeah, when, you, when you're a team that's been in Champions League and you want to get back there, not having Europe, it's, just, it's like a wild card happening to you, isn't it? It's like, go ahead and do it. So, I think they'll be very disappointed if they're not in the challenge for top four come May. Yeah, I think they're going to be in the challenge. I just think they're going to fall short. I really do. Um, but, again... Say this, uh, what three days before the Champions, the transfer window opens. So let's see where everyone does. Let's see how they move and shake. Um, I think you'll get some back in. Um, I think the good thing for Daniel Levy is, you know, Pistacoglu is not a 
he doesn't strike me as a name brand manager. He'll have types of players he wants. Yeah. He's not going to go and ask Levy to sign anyone for 100 million or 90 million. Um, and we know Daniel Levy is not the the flushest with his uh, with his wallet. So, so I think actually, yeah, I judging on Pesicogu's history, he'll have types of players he wants from certain places. They will probably tend to be at the lower end of the transfer market. So maybe he can get some work done in Jan and bolster his squad. Um, and and take it from there. Brighton, though, I mean, they went for a little bit of a dip. Seems to be back now. Jao Pedro is knocking them in. Good penalty taker. I think he's got 10 penalties in a row in the Prem. 11 now, actually. Yeah, so um, he's proven to 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 be to kind of be an emerging, like a, a strong player for them. Obviously, Mr. Ferguson's their young player, going to come through. Welbs is uh, doing his thing there. Um, it, what is what is the the ambitions, Brighton's ambitions? What's a realistic good season for them? And we've got to take this in context of the conversation we've had about all the other teams, right? There's only one sixth place. There's only one fifth place. There's only one seventh place. So what's what what's the That's realistic? The you got to stay in those European places mm, realistically. Yeah. So just yeah, repeat think, what they did last season, Europa League, yeah? Yeah, they're an established Premier League team now and as long as Deserby's there, I think they'll continue to do that. And then the push is to become a team challenging for European places constantly. I think that's what they want. They just need to sort out their consistency. I don't think they've won back-to-back Premier League games since September. Mm. And that's the thing that's kind of killing them. And again, they're not even that far off in terms of like league positions. No, so they're eighth at the moment, 30 points, one point behind Manchester United, three points behind West Ham, and six points behind Spurs. So, yeah, it's it's not a mad spread. Not a mad spread at all. Yeah. I think if they can get that consistency back, that they kind of showed toward the back end of last season, Mm. and even if you win, like, two or three games on the trot, like I said earlier with Newcastle, it makes a whole world of difference to your, your league position just because you know the other teams around you may not win three, two or three games on a spin as mm. well. So, yeah, and and also depends who those games are against, right? So, um, so yeah, okay. So moving on quickly to uh, Arsenal nil, West Ham two. Hey. I mean. I, I don't know. I, I have a slightly, even though historically, I don't know if you guys ever remember me saying this, I, I've never really got to grips with this home and away thing in football. I, I think we play too much on it. I think, you know, you, you should go there and play your game. This home thing and away thing. However, I support a team that seems to be, have a bit, a little bit Jekyll and Hyde at home, super safe, super sure, play a certain way. We go When we go away, we still try to play that way, but it's not with the same amount of confidence, etc. So West Ham at home, I'm thinking, yeah, West Ham have been on stuff. You know, Kudus and Bowen have been doing their thing. Um, but to be lose 2-0 to West Ham, even with VAR doing another bit of nonsense, I just think we've got to start having some serious conversations about, about our team's finishing. It's not good enough. And everyone's going to talk about Jesus, but it's not just him. It's not just him. Yeah, it's the front line, isn't it? Yeah, everyone's got to finish. It's not just him. 
Uh, yes, he had one. <laughs> he had one opportunity yesterday where he has to hit the target. Like that header at the back post, you got to hit target there. You it's have to hit target. This jump, this time this jump. Yeah, to but other people had chances. Bukayo Saka hit the post. Again, he hit the post unlucky. Nah, you hit the post, it wasn't on target. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of the emotional reactions in WhatsApp groups yesterday, Jesus this, Jesus that. For me, it's, we can't have it both ways. We can't say we're a team that spreads us the goals. The way we don't take chances, you start blaming one person more than others. And I don't think he had more chances last night than anybody else. I didn't see the entirety of the game, but from the highlights I saw, three or four different players could have made an impact on that game. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a case of not being reactionary, isn't it? Because mm. if you take the scene in, in its totality, Arsenal are having a really good season. Yeah. And yeah. every team is just going to have potentially games like this. I agree. Um, both the goals that West Ham scored were against the run of play. And Arsenal had a lot of the ball. Like I say, it was just the final third is where they just couldn't, they couldn't deliver. And on another day, you win that game yeah. two, three, four nil. Like easily, like you, you run away with, it. with the amount of possession and the chances you had. Um, yeah, I think you you run away with it. But like I said, the, these games will happen, man. No one's gonna go through the season steamrolling every team and winning every game that you're expected to win. So. No, and I guess uh, you know, and T, tell me what you think about this, but. It's not necessarily the loss. It's like the Villa thing all over again, yeah? If we go somewhere and the team lock us up, we don't really make chances and we lose the game, cool, not cool, but you, you can have a different conversation. But when you do make chances and you've got so much of the ball, etc., you're not taking them, that's where the problem is for me. Do you know what I mean? But when we're, when we, if we go somewhere, we don't play well and the team locks us up, cool. You know, they've done their job. We haven't done ours fine. But when you're watching a game like that and we got chances and we're just we're just wasteful, that's when it's frustrating for me as a fan anyway. T, I don't know what you think, but I think I think it was just an off day all round, man. Like everyone just looked stale, like tired, a bit lethargic. Didn't mm. know what to do. Nothing was connecting. First game that we've seen, Rice didn't looked off the pace. Yeah. Um, Maybe the emotion of playing West Ham in it as well. <laughs> Maybe I don't. Nah, I can't. Remember, we played them at their ground, lost at uh, their ground in the Carling Cup. I want to say, uh, well, it's not the Carling Cup anymore, Carabao Cup. I want to say, was that a fake cup? One of the cups, right? Carabao. Um, it was Carabao, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's too much of a coincidence that he's been no matter how we played, he's been a standout, and then his old mates turn up, and it all seems to get a bit much of him. And then that penalty he gave away. I mean, had to be so, nice yeah. of it. Yeah, sorry, sorry, T. Go on. Yeah, no. So, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking back to the games that we've lost before, mm. notably Villa, where we were, we looked really good, but we didn't yeah. take chances. Yeah. This one was like we just looked poor. We just looked off the pace. It looked like we just was never gonna score. Odegaard was. It, it, People are cussing him, saying he's just trying. To, I'm, I'm just seeing him try. I'm seeing him try. I'm seeing. Yeah, him I agree. Trying, forcing the ball through, trying yeah, to get something to happen, but nothing was really connected at all. Yeah. And I think one of them, those kind of games, 
you see like the, the opposition laps it up. They're fine with sitting all the way back, just waiting for you lot to mess up. And then yeah, just jumping. Yeah. Like, but I just feel like it was a still performance. I'm not going overboard. We know that Jesus isn't the, the, the cannon in front of goal. We know that he'll get a couple, but he ain't going to get every single chance. He's going to put it away. Martinelli, same kind of thing. Saka, he's been off a bit. I don't, I don't know. Like, I just, I just feel like it was an off day, to be honest. Yeah, like yeah. Gone. No, I agree. I, I don't know other guy. I agree. I mean, again, from what I saw, he was one I was trying. You know, chance creation. You know that chance he created for Trossard again. You got the ball at your feet. It's great opening for you. You're basically on the six yard line. Hit straight the keeper. Do you know what I mean? So it, it, even if it was an off day. With the chances we create, that's where we should be saying, right, we've left with a point or we've we've smashed and grabbed yeah. with the chances that we create. But you actually look at the chances that, that were kind of created. Um, so, yeah, I agree. With that. I saw someone that tried. I saw someone that ordinarily when he would offer the ball, he said, no, actually, I'm going to make the pass that leads to, to the opportunity unless I do have to now make the pass that then makes the next pass. So a lot of the time, if he gets the ball in the area, takes a touch or two, and he's hitting it into Saka. He's on that right-hand side. But there were a couple of times on the right side of the penalty area where he would have played out wide and he said, nah, actually, I'm going to turn again. I'm going to try and fashion some space and I'll get this ball into the into the danger area. So, yeah, you could argue too little too late. But, yeah, just enough there. And you're right, Keith, you've got to look at it in totality. I'm just starting to get... I think the best way I can explain it is I'm looking at everything from the lens of winning the title. Right? If you look at it just in terms of a season and your overall record, last night is not a catastrophe. It's, it's not, right? Mm-hmm. But, but when I mentioned things like that game and how we're not taking chances, pretty soon these things add up. These things add up. And then before you know it, you're in March and you're three or four points away from the leader. You're now in a bit of a freeway scenario. So every time one of these games happen, it's not catastrophic. But I'm just thinking, right, that's another dent. That's another dent. That's all it is. And don't get me wrong, Liverpool will have theirs. Everyone will have theirs because the way the league is now, I was saying earlier to you, the league's very accommodating at the moment because everyone keeps losing to everybody. <laughs> so actually, you know, your slip-up isn't that big of a slip-up because everyone else is slipping up. Right? Remember, yeah, the, the, we, we just need to be there come the end, the, that little, the ending of the season. We just need to be there. Yeah. yeah the one yeah. point behind Liverpool... Or three points behind them, or three points behind City, or something like that, yeah. is never the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. We're in a title race. Yeah. It's, a, it's a, it's a, it's um, it's a more competitive league. This, what well, I say, competitive. It's just that, yeah, like what you said, people are losing left, right, and center, whatever, yeah. whatever. Everyone's. It's more yeah, competitive, yeah. isn't it? It's, anyone can lose to a West Ham. Anyone can lose to a Brighton, a Newcastle, a. Tottenham, Villa, Chelsea, Villa. Like last season, it wasn't like that. So mm-hmm. this and it is genuinely, even though we're still saying a free horse race, but the others ain't that far away. Still, yeah, they're not that far out. away. So we just need to like bear that in mind and know that when it's ten games to go or something like that, we need to be within that three point, mm-hmm. two point, one point mod. Like mm-hmm. we need to be there, whether we're leading. Or we're thereabouts. We mm. need to be there. So we have I think ten games. That's it. I think ten games to go. If you're four points away, you can still put pressure on. 
I think yeah, you know, a win and a draw, I think you still put pressure on. I think when you start getting to five, six points, it's not really in your hands. Too tough because that, that the team that's made it 28 games in at the top, you're five points away from them. They've got a level of consistency. That means it's unlikely that you're going to now get a six-point swing out of them. But I do think if you're three, four points away, that you can apply the pressure, keep applying that pressure. And then if there's two or three of you doing that, then it's a different ballgame, right? Yeah. Can I just get your take on, on something you do, obviously? So I just look in, based on what we said on Sunday about the squad depth and the quality of the squad. So I just went over Arteta's signings. So he's mm. made 29 signings since he's become manager. Yeah. Um, I think it's technically 26 because they've counted loans and those are loans that have become permanent twice mm. or whatever. Mm. So I said, I think you've got six players out of those 26, essentially, that have improved the squad. And I think they are... Rice, Partey, Tomiyasu, Odegaard, uh, Gabriel, and Ben White. I think Zinchenko started off well, but I think he's fallen off. Nah, so Zinchenko think... has to be in the list. He has to be in the list. Because uh, it's form. Season... It's form. No, but it's form. Uh, if, 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 so if... no, but... Wait, wait, wait. Let him land first. The reason why I didn't have Zinchenko is because I know you said it's form, but this has gone back to last season. Like You can see the back end of last season he was struggling a little bit. And I haven't included Jesus just because of the goals number. As a player, he's fine. But I don't think he's contributing enough to say, right, he's done enough to be... So do you think a record of six, six seven signings out of 26 is, is good enough? So I, th- I think it's at least eight, right? I think okay. you have to include Jesus. I'm not his biggest fan, but you have to include... Like, forget, not forget, if you look at stats, yes. But if you watch Arsenal, the dyna- the dynamic he brings to the team when he's playing and what when it isn't there when he's not playing is is talking cheese, right? So I think it's eight. And to be honest, is eight out of twenty six signings for someone who's in his first managerial job, is it bad? I would answer that in two parts. Uh I would say no. But I did want him out with his signings <laughs> and what they had or hadn't done was one of the reasons I wanted him out. Some of the decisions he made about incumbent players when he got here, right? But at the same time, even if he's only out 26, that got him to um, challenge Manchester City for the title in his first season as a manager, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and for me to really understand how good or bad that is, I need to see what the success rate of other people's signings are. So I would need to see how many players Klopp has signed, how many players Pep signed, how many of them have been a success, Marina, et cetera. And then you kind of gauge it that way. But just taking it as a normal one and saying 8 out of 29, on the face of it, it sounds bad and it sounds minimal. But I'll be honest, you'd have to say yes to success because he he's now been the only manager apart from Klopp to mount a credible challenge to Pep Guardiola the whole time he's been here. Yeah, fair enough. Did you mention Tomiyasu? Yeah, he was. And you know what? Tommy Yasu, T, what do you think? I think Tommy Yasu, he makes that list like recently. You know, <laughs> I think he makes that list back Inj- in the last season. Injuries, mm. that's why. Mm. Um, to be honest, ev- everyone you mentioned, if they're all fit, is starting. Yeah, true. Yeah, you true. Trying to shoehorn, it's a toss up, Ben White and Tommy Yasu, isn't it? But still, everyone's a starter like but 
like what John said, we would have to see what other managers, because that's when it gets a bit sticky. When you, you, you call out other managers, especially mine, it gets a bit I'm, sticky. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there, isn't it? We're here no, for the no, open no, it's, it's a good, It's a good piece of analysis, but yeah. I would love to see Klopp's. I, I, I would love see to see... Yeah. The other people's list. Yeah, I'd love to see Peps and Klopp's and see what the success rate is. I think... I don't think... I think Peps is better. Yeah. No, I don't know, you know. I think Pep, Pep's had a lot of duds, you know. Yeah, he's Especially had a lot. In the first season. <laughs> had a lot. He's had a lot. But the ones that work for him... They really work. That's what I think is the same with Arteta. The ones that have worked have worked. Like They've transformed mm. the team. Like You haven't included Jesus, but Jesus has come in and semi-transformed that team again. So has Zinchenko. When Jesus and Zinchenko came in last season, it was like a whole different mm. kind of animal. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. So You didn't put Rams, though. Yeah, Ramsdale. He transformed the team as well. Wow, when... Last season, we can talk about the end of the season, but let's be honest. Like people were saying, he's a really good keeper. Blah blah blah. But he played his part last season. Yes, he made some mistakes. Yeah, but as you said yourself, he made some good saves. He, he made yeah, some... yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so yeah, I think you'd have to probably go nine if we're being like super, super objective about it and taking recent format. If you just say from the day the signing was signed to today now. You probably go nine. You you could probably go nine. Yeah, yeah. You could probably go nine. I would say, because he was a big part of that last season. Even though he was a part of maybe why we didn't win the league, but he was a big part of us being in a position to to lose to to lose the league in the first place, right? Not just nine okay signings or decent signings. Nine good signings, top level signings for Mm. Arsenal. That's Mm. done the business in terms of challenging for the Premiership against Mm. arguably the best Premier League team ever. Right. So argue, we're gonna to have to have a conversation about City being the best top five league well, club. We, we, we challenged them with all those guys that you said that Arteta signing. We challenged that City team, the treble City team, with mm. those players, and just about fell short in the last ten games. Mm. Yeah. So I'm 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 taking that as Arteta knows what he's doing when he's signing players. And Quick even digress. this season with Havertz and that, now we're starting to see Havertz playing properly, I would mm. say. Playing how he probably was yeah. playing in Germany or whatever. Like, that's mm. how he, like, he looks like he's got the fire back. Yeah, so, I think you might be adding Havertz to that list in a few months, Keith. I think you might be adding, you yeah, might yeah, be adding Havertz you. to that list in a few months. Quick, dag- quick digression, yeah? How many Champions Leagues do Man City need to win before we start talking about them in the top, top, like, historic European sites? I think I think just two, probably. What, two more or two in total? No, I think they, all they have to do is win another one. I think, I'm, like, I'm with that, you, man. During the Pep era, like, another one, and they've done, <sighs> like, he's basically done what Alex Ferguson done. In, how many years was he there? Yeah, yeah no, that's, that's true. Yeah. You've ever like won... Two in our lifetime, isn't it? In our like in our sort of era, you've ever really won two. Yeah, or maybe even one. I think if they win more than two, that's yeah. Okay, I just wanted to check because we're gonna have to have that chat, man. If they win another Champions League, I don't. Think and they, they win another league. I don't think they will. Though. Well, not now, anyway. And then Pep's gonna go, and then I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he said he's staying stay until twenty six. Yeah, he said yeah. he's staying until the end oh, of the contract. Until twenty six. Yeah. yeah, but I think once he goes, that's it. I feel, yeah. I feel like they'll they'll still be at a good level 
because yeah. they'll have the power to sign players and then they've got that little bit of recency history when new mm. kids are coming up, they want to play for City now, innit? Mm. But in terms of being that that machine, I don't see them like doing that. They might. The only, the only thing I'll say to that is whoever becomes the next top guy, right? So there's always a little band of them. It was Pep, Jose, whatever, right? In this next group, Arteta, Klopp's already in that kind of knocking on that door. I think one more Champions League and he's in that group. But Arteta, the Zerbi, all these law, whoever's the best of them, Man City's just going to go and get them. If Nagelsmann actually lives to his thing, so yeah. I think that whatever version of the best at that time, City yeah. will make sure they're in that convert because they'll go and get that manager. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I honestly believe if Arteta stayed at City and he mm. took over from Pep, yeah. they would have been the same machine. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Honestly, yeah, yeah. and I feel like they, they just would have won Prem's again. I don't know about Champions League. I'm not going to give him that much credit, but yeah. definitely would have definitely scooped up a couple of Premiers. Right, cool. Right, so back to the Prem schedule. Uh, Manchester United three, Aston Villa two. You know what? I've been enjoying the Manchester United debacle, yeah? But it's nice to talk about a positive Manchester United situation for once. Um, yes, at one point, uh, Aston Villa were 2-0 up at Old Trafford. Um, absolutely running that game. Uh, John McGinn's goal, he swings in a free kick from the right-hand side and it just goes all the way through, uh, uh, you know, and, and skips past Onana. And that you know goal what's, you know what's funny? Was, symptom- yeah. was symptomatic of Manchester United. Yeah, like, like Leon Bailey, like talking to Anana, in it, like before the yeah, ball yeah, 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 was standing yeah, yeah, offside yeah, position. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, I, I, and again, it's, it, it's a bit of a loose connection, but you see that goal going, it's like, that is you lot right now. Literally, the ball swings it and goes into the net. Anana doesn't step out, kind of goes past him. And then the second goal, um, uh, I can't remember which defender it was, but he's free at the back post. Literally, no tracking, just waltzes in like a burglar, knocks it down. Is it Leng- Lengley? They say. Yeah, no, yeah. Longley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long- and then, Longley, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, then Donka does a cheeky finish. <laughs> they can't catch a break. Man's finishing like old school Mancini in their yeah. box. I don't understand. Outside the boot things, isn't it? Ah, oh, bruv, crazy. So first half, I'm thinking. Same old story. I've got my banner ready for the boys in the group. Oh, I flew off the rails. I did. Yeah, yeah, you went. Yeah, you, you, you went head first. It happened. It happened. Went too quick. Went too quick. Yeah, but then second half, the fight back is on. Uh, some quality from Ganacho. Absolute, absolute quality. I think the the stuff works. People have been expecting to see from him. But he's a young player. He's going to be inconsistent, right? He scored that wonderful overhead overhead kick a few weeks ago. Rashford plays a part in a goal. Finally, he turned up. Um, and then, so he scores two goals and then Marcus Holland finally gets uh, a premiership goal. Um, he looked like he was going to fly off into the moon, bruv. Like, I've never seen such relief. Like, you can tell that it's been playing on his mind. He's like, I need this goal. I'm being compared <laughs> to that guy on social media. I need, <laughs> I need it. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're 20 years old. You've got the weight of Manchester United as their leading forward in your shoulders. It can't be easy, right? It can't be easy at all. Um, 
So what, what do you think was different from the first half to the second half? What, what do you... I've got a few views from the Villa side, but I think for those of you that watched the game, what did you see came out second half? Man, you know, what were you doing that you weren't doing first half? I think Villa thought they did playing stupid Man United. Yeah, I think they thought the game was won, innit? Yeah, 2-0 out, we're cool, they're rubbish. We're just going to go out there, see this out, probably get a couple more goals, go back mm. go back to, to thingy. But, um, yeah. yeah, just a bit of bloody effort Yeah, that day from Man United, a bit of <laughs> effort, a bit more running, a bit more, mm. you know what I'm saying? And then they yeah, got a bit goals. of intensity, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, just a bit of intensity. And I think Villa um, was a bit lax in the second half and thought that the game had been won. Keith, mm. what do you think? Yeah, yeah, pretty much the same. Um, you can see that Villa kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit. Um, again, the high line, when you've got pacey players like Garnacho and Rashford, the high line is going gonna, is gonna to come to bite you. And it's like, yeah, Man United was like, right, let's just go, go and try and play football. And mm. it's funny that we're saying that this was their best 45 minutes of football this season and we're in December. <laughs> it's like it's like you're taking them how many months to work out that they can actually play yeah. decent football and if they had played football like that earlier in the season they they might be in a high position like obviously they're not that far off they've had like mm. really good runs etc but it's, it's not just about winning sometimes it's about how you win isn't it so yeah I think if they can kick on from this they'll be challenging for, from top four but we've seen that Man United they can have a really good win and then lose at home to Bournemouth. So that's, yeah, like, I think that's what they've got to do in it. Again, like Brighton. Hands crashing down. Yeah. yeah. Find the consistency. Once they find the consistency, they'll be all right. I think what was interesting is towards the end of the first half, you could see Man United were getting into it. They were playing some good football. They were creating some chances. So I was like, okay, it's a bit, little bit too, too little too late. And maybe at best you get a consolation. Or if you, this is a great comeback if you make it 2-2-2, two, 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 right? But you could see signs towards the end of the first half. And I just wondered and I thought, no, actually, that's a lie. Because Aston Villa have been so good. I wasn't thinking about, you know, Emery changing anything. I actually was like, well, yeah, games are going to swing. Then come second half, in hindsight, you know, you know, Emery being, you know, the tactician that he is, I think that feeds into what you guys are saying. So far this season, when we go in the lead, we win. We lock it down, we do what we're doing. Whereas my United like to play the counter a bit. They've got the speed. The front three are very fast. Actually, do you then adjust? Do you do what they did to us? Do you adjust? Drop your line a bit, make them come in. And we know my United are not good in that situation. They're not good against low blocks. They're not they're not great at penetrating um sort of late in the box, right? And some of what you guys have said of nah. Every time we've taken a lead, we've kept we've, we've kept hold of that lead. We're a decent with a bit of form, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Even I've got key players out, Douglas Louise and um, uh, and the other centre midfielder. Um, I think an adjustment in that tactic could have had a massive effect on that game. Mm-hmm. I, I think if he if he moves that high line or if he just adjusts things a bit and takes the sting out or removes some of that space for that counter-attack to be so effective. I think it changes things slightly. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and like we've prayed Emery all the time, but you're not going to get your tactics right 100% of the time, mm-hmm. are you? There are going to be games where you think 
through the final they are and it just turns out that it's not and that's just what happened in that in that second half I think he'll be very disappointed at giving up a, a two goal lead considering how well and how organised they were against say Manchester City and Arsenal mm. to um, to then kind of take a 2-0 two, two half-time lead at Old Trafford and then kind of capitulate a bit yeah be, he'll be a little bit upset but Again, totality of the season, West Ham, not West Ham, Aston Villa are in a really good position where I'm sure they didn't expect they would be there. So, take it on the chin. Indeed, indeed. All right, and the last one for this for this episode, Sheffield United 2, Luton 3. Now, listen, yeah, when the gods are on your side, <laughs> I'm going to say it now. I don't know if Luton go down. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's too much. <laughs> How many games in a row now? And then they win a game 3 2. So Sheffield United 2, Luton 3. Cut a long story short, Luton win this game courtesy of two own goals. <laughs> it was 2 1 down. So and they win the game courtesy of two own goals. So who goes down? I think Sheffield United, Burnley. And let me look at the table quickly. <laughs> I'm not I saying think... that they're going to stay up, but I think if one of them was going to stay up, it will be Luton. I think it will be yeah. the bottom three, but if one of them were to stay up, I think it might be Luton. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I think Forest are still in danger. Forest are still in danger. Yeah, Everton are a point behind Forest, but I, I think over the next twenty games, it's going to even itself out, right? Or nineteen games going to even itself out. So I'm, I'm going for. If Luton stay up, Forest are going to replace them. That's what I'm going for. Bold, 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 bold. That's what I'm going to go for because it's just there's too there's too much too much rolling for them. Way too much rolling for them. Way, way, way too much. Way too much. Um, but either way, it's a good effort. Sheffield United, they're gone as nine points after nineteen games, minus thirty two goal difference. Burnley eleven points. I think Sheffield United are good as gone. I think Burnley are as good as gone. And also Luton have a game in hand. They haven't played the we played that game, remember? No, yeah, of course. So if they win again or get a draw, it, as things stand. Sorry? Against City. Or... Uh no no. It was the Bournemouth game when the guy yeah. collapsed, right? Yeah. Oh so yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so they've got to replay that Bournemouth game. Anything could happen. So all else being equal, that a win there will take them above Everton and Forest. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. it's, Go back to the first five games of the season. Listen, didn't think that would happen. Just remember, what I said, I, I, I'm not. Isaac's going to be making an apology. He might be making an apology. I think Isaac yeah, might be get, making an apology. Uh, on trust me. Trust me. All right, a, and I guess gone. It might be above Palace. Whole different. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. It's crazy. Um. And I guess lastly, some news has just broke through uh, slightly wider. Carlo Ancelotti signed a new, you know, Fabrizio Romano said uh, Carlo Ancelotti signed a new contract to 2026. So I guess the Brazil situation is not happening. Um, and I'm not surprised because the pressure of being the first non-Brazilian to match Brazil would have been a lot. Yeah, even for someone established like him. Yeah, it would have been a lot, man. It would have been a lot. And there's high expectations of Brazilian coaches with Brazil. You, you're supposed to win the World Cup every time. You're supposed to win Copa America every time. So you come in as a foreigner and you don't do both of those things. Yeah, it could have been, 
could have been Teki. And why leave Real Madrid now? All the young players are coming through. He's got a great team there. He could, he's got a great chance to win another Champions League and cement that part of his CV even further. Why would you leave now? Very true, very true. So, so yeah, interesting. Interesting uh, going forward for Mr. Mr. Ancelotti. All right. Um, that's it from us for this episode. We'll be back with the New Year's Day um, fixtures and, and thoughts on those. So, yes, uh, you're seeing a lot of us at the moment. We're keeping it coming in line with the games. Uh, and then in the new year, we'll be back to our regular once or twice a week slots. So please like, comment, subscribe, share. Um, and we will see you next time. Peace. Cheers. Peace. Bye.